The Holy Gospel according to Luke in the 24th chapter. Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Lord. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and the leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near to the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told him them what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of our Lord. May be seated. All right, I have an important question to ask you this day. Um, Who here would say that they enjoy eating? Oh, there are a few who are not interested in eating, huh? Interesting. Well, maybe we're not all on the same page. I enjoy eating, and it's very clear that Jesus does as well. He simply can't resist going and having this meal with Cleopas and his companion. And indeed, we get this very important passage of eating, which happens at the very end of the Gospel of Luke. And this story is actually only in the Gospel of Luke It comes at a time when we hear that Jesus has been crucified and he has been raised from the dead on the third day. 
The Marys have gone to the tomb and found it empty with the stone rolled away and the angels appear to them and tell them that Jesus is not there. They went and they told the disciples who uh, maybe or maybe not, probably maybe not, believed that they, what they had seen. And then we come upon some followers of Jesus. And they're walking on their way to Emmaus, and they're met by this mysterious man. A man who they are shocked to find has essentially been living under a rock, or behind a rock. <laughs> Thank you for appeasing me. For He's been gone for those past few days, and he's missed all this gossip about Jesus being crucified and also the disappointment that the whole community is feeling, thinking that Jesus was the one, was the very one who was going to redeem all of Israel. And now that seems to have just been a pipe dream for the people. So these followers are shocked. They're shocked and they're still coming to terms with what has transpired. And then this mysterious stranger gives them a little lesson, a lesson on Moses and the prophets and how Jesus fits into that whole story. And so they invite the stranger to come home with them to eat dinner with them. But as they are eating, the stranger breaks bread and blesses it, and all of a sudden they know who it is. It's Jesus. Jesus appears to them, and then in this really cinematic moment, Jesus just disappears from them. So they trot off to Jerusalem and tell the disciples. It's a really great moment of eating and Jesus's appearance. Now, when we think about eating and the church, I'm sure that our minds go to Communion. Good job, everybody. Excellent students here. Last night, someone hollered out potlucks. So, <laughs> but no, communion, the most important meal that we share together. And we always typically go back to the Last Supper as the blueprint for communion. In worship, we follow along with what Jesus said at the Last Supper during the Passover that he celebrated with his disciples. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. It's something that I'm imagining that most of you even have memorized at this point. We use those words as we know them, the words of institution, to celebrate the holy sacrament of communion, which is really just a humble meal of bread and wine. And a commandment, too. There is this commandment that Jesus gives to them, do this in the remembrance of me, which is just a little bit of foreshadowing back then at the Last Supper for the story that we'll hear today now. So we're going to talk a little bit about communion and eating and how Jesus shows up in this sacrament. Now, I want you to do something that I have the kids do when they are at their first communion class. I make them draw, but I'm going to give you guys a pass today, and you can just use your imaginations. First, I have them think of their absolutely most favorite meal. So everybody do that, okay? 
do, 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 do. That's your thinking sound. <laughs> okay, everybody got their favorite meal? What are some of your favorite meals? Okay, good. Good salt of the earth meal, roast beef and mashed potatoes. Anyone else? Pizza? Good choice, good choice. Anybody else? Enchiladas, yeah. Tom loves making enchiladas. <laughs> Maldonas, ooh, okay, all right, all right. Very good, Romel. Pea soup? Oh, okay, Mel, all right, all right. <laughs> Nobody's having dessert at their meal? I'm having brownies at my meal, that's for sure, that's for sure. Okay, fried chicken, ice cream, very good, that's good too. Mm. Okay, now when you imagine this meal, who is at the meal with you? Your family, mm -hmm. maybe some friends. Okay, very good, very good. So when I have the kids do that, we then talk about the Last Supper. We talk about how it wasn't a fancy meal. They probably didn't have enchiladas or maldonas. They had really probably very simple food. Plus, Jesus probably didn't just have his best, best friends, right? He didn't have the people who he thought were the best of the crop there because the disciples were there. And with the disciples were people like Judas, right? Somebody who would come to betray Jesus. And I bet that when you all envisioned who would be at your meal, it wasn't a nemesis or somebody who was going to hurt you. But Jesus's meal was a little different. So with the kids, we talk about a few things. We talk, talk about how Jesus didn't have people who were just good. Everyone was welcomed, like Judas. And likewise, people like sinners and saints are all welcome to the communion table because this is Jesus's table and Jesus doesn't exclude people. And then we talk about the promise that Jesus makes. Jesus says that he is really, truly present in this meal, in those words, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. We take Jesus very seriously when Jesus says that. And that means that we can always trust that in this meal, Jesus will be here, mysteriously and fully present for us. Now, the meal that we come upon in our story, our gospel story for today, it isn't the Last Supper, but it should remind us a lot of the Last Supper, because this text today really drives home that message. Jesus is present and revealed in the breaking of the bread. And it's very interesting that it's not Jesus' appearance when they meet him on the road, or even the scriptures that reveal to them who Jesus is. It's in that simple breaking of the bread. And so I think this text leads us to ask the question, why the breaking of the bread? Why is that the moment when Jesus is revealed. Well, what's so essential about a meal? Even a simple one of bread. You see, a meal in its simplest form, right, should nourish our body. A meal should help us live to have life. You can't live forever without food, 
Indeed, I Googled it, and you can live about three weeks without food. That's it. So you can't live forever without food. Food is life. And Jesus came so that we may have life and have it abundantly. So it makes absolute and perfect sense that Jesus would show up in something as life-giving and essential as a meal. A meal that ultimately doesn't just nourish us physically, but spiritually as well, because we know that Jesus will be there with us. See how it's kind of weaving all together. Now, I have a confession for you. I really don't know exactly how Jesus shows up in the meal. Those are Jesus' secrets, and I let him have it. But I do know that Jesus promises to be here. Jesus promises in the story in the Last Supper, in the story with the road to Emmaus, Jesus promises that when we break bread together, Jesus will be there as well. And I think that when Jesus is present with us, we become a different type of people. We become a type of people whose hearts are truly open, a people who are quick to see God at work in the world, a people who are eager to forgive, and a people who are hopeful for life abundant for the world and all those around us. When Jesus is present in our hearts, in our lives, and even in our stomachs, our lives are changed and we get that true bread of life. So when you come forward for communion or when we meet you in your pew, do you recognize Jesus in this meal? Because if you come to this holy space often and you maybe don't see Jesus sitting next to you, that's okay. It's okay. If you hear the scriptures and you can't always find Jesus there, that's okay. Cleopas couldn't either. But remember that the meal is coming. And the meal is the time where beyond any of our own self-control, Jesus is mysteriously yet fully present. And when we partake of that meal, Jesus becomes present with each and every one of us. And that nourishment is not just bread for our body, it is the hope of life and that promise that Jesus is here with you this day. Amen.